Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is uh, Charles W. Chuck Bryant, who better not be podcasting with anybody else behind my back. Are you? (laughs) Uh, You didn't hear about the Chuck and Chuck show? Who's the other Chuck? It's me. You're doing it with yourself? Yes, but I do your voice. That's cool. As me. That's fine. It's sort of weird. It's just like avant-garde, like theater acting sort of fantasy league thing. Am am I the the dummy in it? Like, are you just like, oh, I'm Josh. Took me up. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I figured. I figured you did that in your underwear in the mirror every morning It's hysterical. It's really good. And the numbers, like, we're rivaling our own show now. (laughs) People love it. I'm surprised that hasn't overtaken it yet. Wait, it's that one? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that was you. Well, there's probably people out there like, oh, my God, i got to hear this. (laughs) Let's get to it, shall we? Yes. Enough of this riffraff crap. Enough. Okay, Chuck, you ready? Yes. October, this month, Mm -hmm. uh, is National Applejack Month. Okay. National Pickled Peppers Month. Nice. National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Did of you course. notice the Delta stewards and stewardesses? Pink everywhere. I love it. Yeah. It's N- National Mental Illness Awareness Month. National Lesbian, Gay, and Bisexual History Month. And it just so happens that we're recording this on Pride Weekend. Okay. Which makes sense. Um, it is National Country Ham Month. Really? There's a lot of... Oh, October's a big month. That kind of overshadows... Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And country ham? Month, yeah. <laughs> it depends on Sadly. the country ham, I would say. Uh, and then, I guess m- most apropos to this podcast, which I wasn't aware of, but I don't think you were either, um, it's National uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Really? Yes. And I say it's apropos of this podcast because this is a podcast on jealousy. Jealousy is one of the um, more widely recognized triggers of domestic violence. Did you know that? I uh, did not, but it makes sense. Sure. Um, according to a 2003 Illini study, uh-huh. um, in relationships that were uh, domestically violent, uh, it was male-on-woman domestic violence, and there is such a thing as the other way around. Oh, sure. Um, women who were abused, as long as it was attended by jealousy, mm-hmm. it was perceived by the battered woman as... Um, Deserved. Less negative, oh, yeah. not deserved, okay. but less negative really? than um, non-jealous violence. Interesting. Yeah, um, which is, it, it's very interesting and it's really weird because it kind of goes, it speaks to our perception of jealousy. It's a, it's a weird, undesirable, unflattering emotion, um, and yet it also shows we care in certain ways, right? Clearly domestic violence is far, far beyond any level of, caring but it it, it it's so it, it's it can even spill over that far uh, the idea yeah. that jealousy equals caring that it can it can reach violent levels that is one of the more messed up things i've heard in a long time and that- because i i can hear the scenario of well he was just jealous because i was talking to that guy at the bar which means he loves me which is like that's so messed up. It is very because messed up. Because I, Josh, am of the belief, before we get started, uh-huh. here's Chuck's opinion rant. Let's hear it, man. These are the two things that Chuck says about jealousy. This is not backed up in any scientific way. <laughs> okay. uh, I believe that, A, there is no place in jealousy in any healthy relationship. 
In the article, it says, like, jealousy can be good as long as blah, blah. I don't agree. B, because of that, I think jealousy pops up when you, when there are trust issues. Mm-hmm. should never be trust issues. When there is an unhealthy dependence on one another. Mm-hmm. It should never be that. Mm-hmm. And when one or both of the parties is really, really insecure with each other. Mm-hmm. I disagree. All right, then. <laughs> uh, I don't disagree to, like, a polar opposite degree. Um, but I do think I did agree with the article where it says toward the end, the psychologist that was, um, interviewed for this article yeah. suggests that a certain degree of what's called normal jealousy is healthy. Um, I don't think it's possible to have a relationship that doesn't have some sort of trust issues. You're looking at it. I have zero trust issues, zero jealousy. Mm-hmm. Emily, I've never had anything like that. That is fantastic for you. I am of the opinion, though, that jealousy in small measure to a certain degree is symptomatic of a healthy relationship. Really? Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Okay. You ready? What is jealousy, Chuck? First of all, jealousy, envy, same thing? Uh, No, not at all. No. They're, in fact, quite different because envy, Josh, is when you want something that you do not have, that someone else has. Right. Usually an object. Yeah, whatever. The job. Job's an object. Is it? If you write it down, <laughs> if you draw a picture of your job, it becomes an object. Uh, whereas jealousy is a fear of losing something that you have to someone else. Yeah. Like a job or an object. So you want <laughs> something that somebody else has in envy. In jealousy, you already have something, but yeah. you fear losing it. Yeah. And like, you know, relationships are usually where you talk about jealousy. So you basically fear that you're going to lose your mate to the dude at the bar. Right. And jealousy, Chuck, is an emotion. So let's talk briefly about emotions. There's um, primary emotions like uh, fear, disgust, anger, joy, uh, and a couple others. Okay. Um, and these are found in just about any animal with a brain, right? Okay. Um, and then there's secondary emotions that are self-conscious emotions that include jealousy, right? Yeah. Jealousy, shame, guilt. Embarrassment, pride. Yeah. Um, you have to have a, a sense of yourself, an awareness of yourself in relation to others right. to experience secondary emotions like jealousy because jealousy, y- you can't be jealous of anything if there's not another person or another something. It takes two to be jealous, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, Ralph Hupka, he's a professor of psychology at Cal State Long Beach. He, uh, I know, was interviewed for this article. And he put it really succinctly. He said, jealousy is an anticipatory emotion, Mm -hmm. uh, it seeks to prevent loss. Yeah. That really sums it up right there. But it also makes jealousy really, really unusual because think about it, like all relation or all, um, emotions are reactionary, really. There's like a stimuli or stimulus. Right. And it, you react to it. You feel fear because of it. You feel joy because of it. Right. Jealousy is the, the prospect of, of experiencing something. So that makes it an antecedent to other emotions like anger or fear. Yeah. Right? It comes first. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's unusual. It is. And what are emotions, Chuck, if not motivators, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. Fear motivates you to like move away from the man coming at you with a knife. Yeah. Uh, joy motivates you to like do that again. Or break out in song. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and then I guess jealousy motivates you to take measures to prevent that loss. Interesting. Yeah. All right. This is going to be a fun one. All right, Chuck. Because rarely do we come at it from different angles. Uh, since we're talking about envy, do you want to talk about 
Your penis? Uh, sure. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> okay. Uh, Freud, Sigmund Freud, the psychoanalyst, um, came up with the concept of penis envy. And, yeah. And I had a general idea of what it was, and it wasn't very far off, but it wasn't until his article that I read what penis envy is. It is uh, defined... The psychoanalytic concept in which a female envies male characteristics or capabilities, especially the possession of a penis, right? Yeah. What's so, that got to do with jealousy? It doesn't, but okay. it is interesting. And I, I didn't realize, I didn't understand why this um, was put into this either. This is a, one of the more feminist articles on the site. Is it? Yeah, I thought so. Interesting. Um, but uh, in in this uh, little sidebar on penis envy, um, basically what Freud came up with was that all women want to be men, and all of their accomplishments and feats are the result of a sense of competition with men, or they're trying to make up for their shortcoming of lacking a penis. Interesting. Obviously, this has um, been generally discarded. Yeah. But it, 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 pertinent to your 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 uh, question of what it has to do with jealousy, nothing, because that's envy. And we've right. already cleared the air between what's envy <laughs> and what's jealousy. I just thought it was an interesting sidebar. It is. Can we talk about jealousy? Sure, Chuck. Uh, there are there have been studies. It's kind of a difficult thing to study um, because you know you want to study if gender has anything to do with it, if age has anything to do with it, mm-hmm. if ethnicity has anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for like age because you'd have to interview someone at the age of fourteen as an adolescent, and then again in their thirties, and then their fifties. Right. And that's sort of a hard study to pull off. Yeah. The same person you'd have to interview. One of the reasons why it's so hard is because, well, it's a longitudinal study. Yeah. But with jealousy specifically, it's so um, contextual, culturally contextual, that as the culture changes, expectations of what might make someone jealous change as well. Sure. That was the reason, at least given in in um, in this article. But... Other longitudinal studies have been carried out, and it could conceivably be carried out, but apparently no one's done it on jealousy, right? Yeah, but there have been some really cool studies just about different aspects of jealousy, and they have found some pretty cool water cooler uh, things that you can wow your buddies tomorrow in the cubicles. Yeah. Um, women, they've always thought, have show jealousy a little more than men do. And we'll get into the emotional and sexual jealousy uh, in a minute, but... One study revealed that women, when they're jealous, tend to aim their ire more often at the rival, whereas the male will aim the ire at their partner. Yeah. Amy Fisher. Interesting. Yeah. Great example of that. That's a really great example, actually. Um, What Lies Beneath, Uh Fatal Attraction, Glenn Close. Yeah. Although she kind of came after the family wholesale, didn't she? Yeah. And then there's always the Lorena Bobbitts who just fly in the face of that and and the woman that who run who ran over her uh, husband in Texas, remember? Right. With her daughter in the car, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm going to end up saying this, so I might as well say it. I think it's all very personal. Like, it's hard to do a sweeping study of jealousy and say, people say this and people do this because everyone's different. Yeah. And this other, um, this supplemental study from 2010, I think, that you came up with kind of underscores that. It supports that idea, Chuck. I think jealousy is far more personal than uh, it's been treated in the past as well. Um, for the most part, it was viewed as um, it was divided by gender. And there are there are studies that support that, that women tend to be more jealous than men. Right. Uh, and that's I guess you have to be very careful with your wording there because it's really easy to uh, skew that idea the wrong sure. way. 
uh, it doesn't mean that women experience jealousy more than men necessarily. Right. It just means that women display jealous characteristics more than men, according to these studies. Well, yeah, and they say that one reason might be that they're not more jealous. They just are more open and honest with right. expressing that than exactly. men are. Exactly, yeah. Um, since you brought up that study, though, it is pretty interesting. They um, There's long been the belief that uh, men are more upset about sexual infidelity. Women are more upset about emotional infidelity. Actually, that is true. But they always thought that it was evolutionary in its basis mm-hmm. because men, uh, and this is pretty interesting, there is no way to, for men to have proven that they're the father <laughs> of a child. Right. So men were always very like guarded about sexual behavior. Well, they guard their mate. Because, hey, my wife, my, you know, tuk-tuk is pregnant, <laughs> and I don't know if it was, you know, me or if it was Ringo Starr over there. <laughs> what? Oh, that's from Caveman, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, I don't know if Tuk Tuk was, but and uh, women are uh, more com- committed to raising a family and having a, a partner. So, like an emotional betrayal would be, you know, more devastating to them. Right. But the scientist at a uh, Penn State said, "Well, what about the fact that there's men who are really upset about emotional betrayal, just like women are? Like, how do you explain that?" And they did some studies, and they found that. It's not necessarily evolutionary in nature, right? No, it's uh, what they they came up with was that it was much more um, personal and specific. Um, basically, what these two the, these two researchers hypothesized was that um, men tend to be more sexually jealous, and women tend to be more emotionally jealous or jealous over emotional betrayal and sexual betrayal um, because m- men are more likely to detach. From personal relationships yeah. as a defense mechanism? Right. That was their hypothesis. And they carried out the study, and they found that their hypothesis was generally correct, that uh, men who are detached uh, from relationships, which they theorize as a um, defense mechanism, yeah. uh, are more likely to report that they would be turned off or made jealous by a sexual betrayal than an emotional betrayal. Right. But what they found and what I think they were trying to point out was that their their hypothesis explains the why there's a population of men who are in securely committed relationships who consistently report yeah. that an emotional betrayal is way worse than a sexual sure. betrayal. So it's they're saying like th- there are there there is a division of yeah. jealousy by gender, but here's why: it's not because you know men can't prove that that that's right. not their kid. Right. That it's actually much more personal than that. Did you know that men, one of the m- most common reactions that a man has when they first find out that their wife is pregnant is, whose is it? Even in committed, you know, like awesome marriages, it's like a very common psychological reaction to think, like, that can't be mine. What? Yeah. Where did you read this? I read it. I did. I can't remember. You did? Yeah. I did. So many sites I want to rag on right now. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Um, well, uh, quickly, though, about that study, too, it also points out that the, the person's history has a lot to do with it. So, Right. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Like, I'm not a jealous person at all, like I said, and I have no trust issues. But if I had been cheated on a bunch of times, I might. Sure. And I, throughout this podcast, are, I'm going to refer to nameless friends of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do know this one couple who the guy had a history of cheating and the girl had a history of cheating they hooked up they got married and they're both pretty jealous are they oh uh, yeah i mean it's and they've been married happily married it's not like they're they're not a good couple but they're both just inherently jealous cuz mm-hmm. they're both cheaters 
Right. It kind of goes back to that um, judge not lest ye be judged, or when you point a finger, there's three pointing back at you. The concept <laughs> you that... You just looked, actually, and counted. The con- <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah, one, two, three. three. Yeah. Uh, the, the concept that if you have cheated, yeah. um, you are aware that people can do that to other people. Sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, on the same coin, if you've been cheated on, right. you're acutely aware that that can happen. And I think both of those situations can lead to jealousy, too. I think that's what that Penn yeah. State study was was saying, that, like you said, it's much more personal than of evolutionary origin divided along gender. Right. Right? Um, so, Chuck, let's, let's, um, there have been other studies, too, that are, some are hokey, some deserve rim shots. Some deserve sad trombones. <laughs> right. Um, but apparently, some studies have focused on jealousy as an individual um, emotion, not necessarily needing another person. That right. it, it um, is, or it originates in the self. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that they found was men who are tall yeah. and women who are of average height tend to be less jealous yes. than um, men who are short. Or women who are shorter or taller. Yeah. And, and basically sure. the point is is that they know everybody wants them. Well, and I think beyond that, it goes back to what I was saying. I think the root of a lot of jealousy lies in the insecurities of a person. Right. And, you know, short guys are often insecure. Okay, so if jealousy is an insecurity, we're, we're breaking new ground here. Are we? Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> okay. Jealousy is an insecurity insecurity-based emotion, right? I believe so, yes. And what we're finding is that it can be, it can originate from the self, feelings of insecurity based on appearance, um, height, attributes, what have you. Yeah. Or it can be inflicted by another person, e.g. cheating or being cheated on. Yes. Or doing anything to break someone's trust, right? Yeah. Right. Trust-breaking. Dude. We get our PhDs today, Chuck. You ready? Yes. Uh, should we talk about adolescent jealousy for a little bit? Uh, yeah. Adolescent jealousy, Josh, is um, kids are pretty jealous. Like They're some of the more jealous creatures on earth. If well, you sit around yeah. and watch kids, there's two types. There's one that is inherently wants to share a lot mm-hmm. and is very kind and giving, and there's one that doesn't want to share. They right. want what you got. They want your Lincoln Logs. <laughs> they want to break your toys. They want your log cabin they Republican you, log. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, kids ki- often display this, and especially with uh, siblings, with sibling rivalry, but they say, rivalry? Whatever. And they say that's a really normal behavior, though, and not to get too worked up about it as a parent and to kind of stay out of it unless it, you know, it gets violent. And let them figure it out on their own. Well, that that makes you wonder: like, are kids more jealous, or are they just more emotionally honest? Well, maybe well, have they have yeah. they not learned that you need to kind of keep a lid on that kind of thing? That or not emotionally mature? It depends on how you look at it. For now, I was because jealous no in one's high school. Proved it either way. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, were you? Did you happen to be extremely lonely no. or extremely insecure? I think I was insecure in my high school relationship, and that made me really jealous. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so Chuck, that's actually kind of normal to experience jealousy as far as friendship jealousy as an adolescent, uh, according to a study that was produced in, uh, well, not produced, but published instead in developmental psychology, right? And it basically found that kids who are insecure or lonely or experience insecurity or extreme loneliness tend to um, 
be jealous of friendships, right? Sure, so am. when they get into a friendship, they are jealous of their friend's friends uh, to the point where it can um, erupt in physical aggressiveness yeah. or passive aggressiveness where they're you know ignoring their friend and their friend has no idea why. Yeah, that's I basically mean, remember high school. It, another way to put it is high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know, and I was uh, I sort of became friends with the popular crowd in about the 10th grade. And mm-hmm. I, I never remember being jealous because I was just so excited to be in the, the cool club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was never jealous. I was just like, yeah, I like everybody and everybody likes me and it's all right. great. But I, it was the girlfriend that I was jealous of. Gotcha. But I had reason to be. I think it, I think it's pretty normal, too. I think high school is. How do you how do you ever make it through there? I don't know. <laughs> I always feel so bad for kids that like take their own lives in high school. Oh yeah, because it's just like just hanging oh, there. Oh, man. Would have just hung on a couple more years, know. you know. It gets so much better. Believe yeah. me. Yeah, we can message that out to our high school friends. If you're lonely and depressed out there, hang on. It hang gets on. So much better. High school is really the anyone who whose high school was the high point of their lives. They they are the sad people in the sad in people. your past eventually, <laughs> exactly. Um, so Chuck, uh, the that study I was talking about in developmental psychology, uh, it was pretty comprehensive. They interviewed five hundred fifth through ninth graders and asked them yeah. about hypothetical situations and found um, that it was reinforced that girls tended to be more jealous than guys, right? Um, which is something that I think psychology is having a lot of trouble like addressing yeah. because it's just such a um it, it's a misogynist finding sure girls are jealous it's so cliched it's so um right. the other word i'm trying to think of um but it apparently is uh, this uh, open secret in psychological research into jealousy right right or again like you're saying or are girls more emotionally uh what's the word um honest expressive honest sure uh, but when it comes down to a study, there's no distinction. Yeah, right? that's true. I mean, it's open displays of jealousy that you're looking for, or at least honesty in whether or not you'd be on uh, jealous. Right, and I could see a lot of high school boys not being in a study like this, not wanting to cop to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you're talking about types of jealousy. Adolescent jealousy uh, is racked with sibling rivalry, right? Yeah. Um, that's just. Uh, I was second fiddle to my um middle sister yeah like my whole still to this day i'm yeah. like the baby of the family i'm like oh you know i'm, I'm going to be on tv next week and everybody's just <laughs> like whatever so mandy how are the kids yeah uh you know about my my handsomer thinner oh smarter older brother yeah he and i correspond pretty regularly these days oh do you you guys writing each other? Does it make you jealous? It does. Yeah. Uh, he he is was always better at me in school and you know better looking and like I said he's in better shape. Right. But we were I was never jealous of him because my parents were always really good about just they didn't you know Scott was good at this and you're you're good in other areas and they were, they were good <laughs> about building me up and you're good at growing facial hair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, that is where I beat him. Do you? Yeah, he's he's a little he's he can grow a little goatee and a little stash, but he struggles in the facial hair department. Good, maybe he's jealous of my facial. I'll hair. I'll bet he is. <laughs> he would never admit it, Chuck, but he is. Okay, take it from me. And he never rubbed it into that can make you jealous, I guess, if he stuffs it in your face. But he, we just always got along really great. Yeah, and you were saying, did your parents stay out of it? Um, yeah, I mean, they stayed out of fights when we had them, and they definitely didn't say, 
well, look at Scott's report card compared to yours. He got A's and you got B's. Yeah, well, who does that unless you're like a sadistic that parent? They're out there. That's crazy. I know. Um, yeah, my parents stayed out of uh, mine and my sister's relationship too. Um, and apparently, you messed yourself up. <laughs> that's the right. That's the that's the way to um, single-handedly pretty much. Yeah, but that's apparently the way to go, according to some uh, child psychologist. Yeah. Like, stay out of it, let them handle it themselves, mm-hmm. because um, not only are they learning how to, sure. but you might also actually like one more than the other, and that yeah. can come through loud and clear right. to the one when you unconsciously side with the other. Right. Right? Um, so, apparently, let your kids, as long as they're not beating the tar out of each other, you're all right. Right? Yes. So, that was uh, sibling rivalry, which yes. is also called family jealousy. Um, and then I imagine there's other types of family jealousy too, like, um, a parent, one parent being jealous of the other because they're getting all the attention from the kids. I'll bet that exists. Yeah. Um, and then of course there is, well, there's all sorts of complexes, Oedipal, Electoral, just all, all sorts, sorts of crazy family dynamics going on. I got an older sister too. I never talk about Michelle. I should mention that. She's six years older. So there was no, there was no jealousy between like the sexes. We were all our own people. How how uh, how much older is your brother? It's three years and six years, so three, it's, three, and three. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, romantic jealousy, Josh? Yeah. You want to talk about that? That's really the big one. Yes. This is the one where apparently everyone else on the planet, but you and Emily experienced this Dude, at some time or another. I know plenty of couples who aren't jealous of each other. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Is that news to you? Yeah, I've I've never ever had a relationship that like didn't have some jealousy here there it wasn't a constant it yeah, wasn't yeah. a thread uh-huh. and it wasn't debilitating by any means right but i've i've never i've never been in a relationship that didn't have that didn't exhibit some form of jealousy somehow and i, I don't i don't know that i would feel comfortable in one that doesn't really i wonder if it's <laughs> oversharing but that's how that's how i well let it. me ask you this you go to a party uh-huh. with yumi you split up and you see her over at the the beer keg because you know the keggers we get to at this age. Uh-huh. Just talking to some guy. Would you immediately feel jealousy or just think she's just talking to some guy? Um, or honestly, is that none of my business. Honestly, <laughs> um, I would say that in that situation, because I trust her, right? I would assume that she's talking to some guy, but. I would eventually go over there. If it like continued or if she yeah. saw her talking later on or something yeah. like that. Sure. And um, it wouldn't be for her. I wouldn't be trying to intervene toward her. Right. It would be like, hey, guy, she's got a okay. boyfriend kind gotcha. of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you want to go because mark your territory. I know her and I trust her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you I don't know, know that guy. Right. And I know that I don't know the guy and the, the guy doesn't know I exist or whatever. Although knowing you, me, he does know I exist. So that just makes me more right. apt to go over and be like, take a hike. Pal. For all you know, he could be dropping a roofie in her, in her Miller Lite. That's exactly right. And this is why I think that there is, it is healthy to experience some form of jealousy because if I was totally not jealous, right. I wouldn't have gone over there. I wouldn't have cared. Right. Uh, and you know, I would have had my back to my girlfriend, which Whatever. I don't think that's a good thing. Really? Yeah. I guess that's me then. Yeah. No, no. But the, here's the thing, Chuck. I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to get listener mail supporting your view oh, sure. and supporting my view. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a right or wrong view. I think I you think should, so. you, you know when there's 
an uncomfortable amount of jealousy in your relationship. Abnormal jealousy. Any? Yeah. Or a bunch. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. And if you're getting beat up because your husband or boyfriend's jealous and you don't know, go get help. Yes. <laughs> because you that's too much. Well, you may not know if you're uh, really jealous, though, because a lot of people might think well, that's completely normal to be abnormally jealous. Right. Well, we're here to tell you. And it, again, uh, this applies to women beating up men. If you're getting beat up by your significant other out of jealousy for any reason, really, that's not okay. That's no. that's wrong. Of like course. no p- other people who also listen to this podcast think that your relationship is wrong. Right. Everybody out here thinks that what's being done to you is wrong. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. Uh, They did find that romantic jealousy is uh, usually the first fight that a couple will have is over some sort of romantic jealousy, whereas later on in life, it's all about money. Money, yeah. The mortgage. And if you're if you're lucky, it's about money. As long as you're not fighting about trash, who take who takes the trash out, (laughs) you're fine. Really? Yeah. Once you start fighting about the little stupid things, that's a big problem. You think so? In my experience. We should start a, a relationship show. <laughs> I know. People just like what we think about things. All right, let's get back to the science, shall we? Uh, there is uh, work jealousy, of course, and that is a really ugly thing to have in the workplace. And that is obviously when people are vying for the same jobs or looking for the same promotion or mm-hmm. the same pay raise mm-hmm. or the same whatever, and other people are getting it and uh, or a person gets that raise over you. And it's just it's, it's one of the, the uglier types of jealousy that I've seen. It is. And you know what I think is cute? What's that? This is how I feel about you. <laughs> if I'm ever jealous of you, uh-huh. it falls much more into the sibling rivalry than work jealousy. Oh, I thought you were going to say romantic. I was about to say, thank God. No, no. <laughs> thank God. So what thank more sibling God rival than, than yeah, work? For sure. Yeah, well, that's because we're, we're peers. And we're buddies. And we wish the best on each other. Like, occasionally we'll get individual opportunities. Not often, but sometimes. Like, you write for HuffPo occasionally. I didn't think you cared about that. Well, You've no, I don't. That's what I'm saying. Congratulate me. Well, that's what my point is. Okay. Is that we're real supportive of each other's like, I wrote for Cosmo last week. You wrote for HuffPo. You wrote for Cosmo? I should be jealous because HuffPo, Cosmo. No, no, no. You wrote for Cosmo? Yeah. You didn't tell me this. What? <laughs> Are you jealous? <laughs> no, but I'm proud of you. You're supposed to well, tell thanks. me these things. Oh, I, I was kind of like, you know, Cosmo wanted to know about stress. and. That's awesome. If like being mad at your boyfriend gives you pimples and stuff. That's awesome, Chuck. <laughs> Not as heady as HuffPo. Hey, well, regardless, Chuck, I'm proud of you. So th- you send me that link after this, okay? I will. When it publishes, I will. And pride is a self-conscious emotion. It is. Yeah. Uh, and then, Josh, we've talked about this kind of off and on, but abnormal jealousy uh, is, uh, I think, what they they called it many things. Psychotic behavior, delusional, morbid. It's also referred to largely as neurotic jealousy. Neurotic. Where it's uh, habitual, possibly unfounded. Or at, at the very least, um, detrimental to the relationship. Yeah, and they said it could be uh, for a lot of reasons: um, insecurity, of course, always back to that, immaturity yeah. again, and being a control freak, which I thought was kind of interesting. It can also be um, the result, like we said, of having your trust broken, Chuck. Yeah, for and, real. Um, or having feel like the trust was broken, even when it hasn't happened. Right. But I think if you've broken someone's trust, you know it. Like, it, yeah. to a debilitating degree, you know it, right? Mm-hmm. And there's actually a lot of uh, help out there. Uh, you People who, if you've broken someone's trust and you don't care to find out how to rebuild it, yeah. you probably just move along. Sure. But if you do care, then there's actual, like, uh, steps to rebuilding trust. 
And we actually did a little digging around and found some, right? That's right. So um, we found that uh, I think anybody who says seven steps to rebuilding trust in like 10 minutes, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we found in our research was that if you're rebuilding trust, broken trust, uh-huh. it's always going to take longer than you think it's going to. I would like triple what you think. You can't. I, I think even that would probably fall short. Yeah. I think once you start thinking about how long it's going to take, yeah. you've lost focus and you need to refocus on rebuilding trust with the person. So the first thing that you have to do is tell your partner, whether it's your friend, your spouse, yeah. your um, the love of your life, your co-host on your podcast, your workmate, whoever you've broken trust with. Yeah. Um, you 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 want them to know that you understand their feelings that you wrong them right and that you're sorry right and that you you feel totally cool with the fact that they hate you right now yeah and you were completely responsible you have to own that completely i would think totally because some people break trust and they kind of try and put it back on you a little bit which is a natural human emotion i think to try and deflect sure blame yeah but it's always better if you just heap it on yourself. Well, it, it, you don't want to heap it. Like you, you want to Acceptable. have a conversation, and yeah, you yeah. want to accept responsibility for what you did. Some of the things you don't want to do is withdraw, um, attack back, like you were saying, or offer excuses or explanations. You want to do that and apologize, not attack back, but you want to offer an explanation and apologize, right? In reverse order. After yeah. you've said, I understand that you're mad. Right. And all of this might not take place in like a 10 or 15 minute conversation. This could take place over months. Right. Depending on how badly you've hurt the other person. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, after you have said, I know I've hurt you and I take responsibility, um, you want to apologize. Yeah. You want to explain your point of view. Basically, you want to say, this is why I did this. Right. Even if it's as wrong as because I'm a selfish piece Jerk. of jerk <laughs> piece a of selfish jerk, jerk. Um, that's an explanation right yeah sure it it, it, sh- it helps the person understand why it happened which I think is a big part of it right yeah I would want I would just recommend stopping short of trying to defend your actions though right because there is a difference right right you're not saying it was right you're yeah, saying yeah. why you did it those right. two are, are separate or, yeah. or why it's right is layered on the, the explanation right yeah uh, and you want to make promises actually you want to go out of your way to make promises you, you don't want to say I make no promises this changes our relationship relationship you can't expect anything from me you make promises mm-hmm. by saying this is you know what you can expect of me in the future right and it can be um one of the examples that was used in this was um if you if you lie to your wife so you can go play golf with your buddies on a saturday morning <laughs> yeah which is well um you want to promise to spend you know Every Saturday for the next two months right. with your family, <laughs> or you a, could just go a to little your hokey, wife. maybe. Yeah, or you could go to your wife to begin with and say, "Hey, I'm going to play golf on Saturday." Right, or even can I, depending on your relationship. But yeah, yeah. lying to your wife to go play golf with your buddies—it's like a, yeah. a, a Bob Hope <laughs> short from the fifties. Yeah, or a Kevin James sitcom. Yeah. yeah. You got anything else on trust there? Um, well, yeah, you want to make promises. Uh, one of the things you want to do is not over. Uh, exert yourself with promises. You don't want to make fantastic promises because the worst thing you can do is not follow through on your promises. Because then you've just broken trust again. Right. And you also want to make promises that are not just agreeable to the person that you have, whose trust you've broken, but to yourself as well. Sure. Because if you're like, well, for the love of God, I'm like, 
you know, I lied about playing golf with my buddies and now I have to go get some moon dust because I promised I would, <laughs> you're going to probably resent your partner. So you want to come to a, a, a yeah. consensus about what's okay. Sure. Um, and then, you, like we said, you want to keep promises and then you want to kind of discuss how things are going. Um, there's a lot of steps to this, but again, the rule of thumb is, um, apologize mm-hmm. or, or say you understand why their feelings are hurt and take responsibility. Right. Apologize, explain, make promises, follow through on the promises and just keep an open dialogue. Yeah. Don't try to hustle the other person. Yeah. If you're a, a male right now and you're thinking, ugh, all the steps, come on. That's called being in a relationship. Right. And it, and it does take a lot of work and a lot of steps. And it does. If you're going to be in a happy one, dude, that's what you got to do. And you will know when it's worth it. Oh, sure. You'll know. Or when to cut bait. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chuck, I guess that's it. Oh. Well, no, no. We got a f- I got a few more things. Okay, good. Uh, we never finished on abnormal jealousy, actually, uh, because there's a switch that happens sometimes between normal jealousy that leads to abnormal. And Dr. Hupka says... It's not always easy to spot and define when that happens, but you should be aware of it if you're in a relationship because it can get really bad, you know. Yeah, if it's when abnormal. they throw acid on you or pay <laughs> someone to throw acid on you. <laughs> Did that happen? Yeah, you, there was a picture in the article. Oh, uh, really? I told you, yeah, really weird. Uh, he says that a few things you can look for, though, if uh, for abnormal jealousy is if like you go out or something, you're given permission, or you just go out with your friends, mm-hmm. and your mate is always calling to check in on you. That's something that uh, you should look for. Or if they're going through your telephone book or your like text or your address book, mm-hmm. that's probably abnormal jealousy, too. It is. And I have other unnamed people I know. It's a friend of mine mm-hmm. who, oh, sure, the wife says, you can go out with your friends. Oh, no problem. I'm so cool. It's so cool. And then they get out, and the whole entire time, 25, 30 texts in a couple hours to the point where we just go, why are you even bother coming out, man? <laughs> That's supportive. <laughs> That's supportive? Yeah. What should I say? That's awesome? No, but I mean, like, why even bother coming out? That's kind of mean. I don't know. I can't I'm wait to meet your unnamed friends. I'm going to be like, <laughs> you're unnamed friend number two. I don't think they listen to the podcast. They don't? No, so I feel pretty comfortable. Okay. Uh, and then one more, uh, two more things. Mm-hmm. Green. Yeah. Another Came little from, cool uh, tidbit. The ancient Greeks, right? That's what did they you, think. Did you recognize that? What do you mean recognize it? Turning green um because of bile? Remember the four humors we talked about in oh, our happiness right. audiobook that that's never right. got released? Yeah. Hint hint. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they think that came from the, a buildup of bile when you're jealous or envious. Yeah, and it'll actually bile. turn your uh, skin green. Yes. Yellow bile will turn your skin green? I think. I figured it'd be green bile. Yeah, there's a well, there isn't. There's yellow bile, black bile, blood, and phlegm, or the four humors. I like black bile. Uh, we're we're both black bile and a little bit of uh, blood. Really? We're both sanguine and melancholy. And can we talk about animals real quick? Uh-huh. Uh, animals actually show jealousy, forms of jealousy. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. No, they don't, Chuck. This, if you read this, this, a sense of fairness does not indicate jealousy. And what's more, the, uh, the animals may have envied the other animals' treat. The Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences <laughs> did a study where they uh, tested dogs to uh, give them treats when they would shake, you know, as a reward. Like shake their paw. Yeah. And they saw that uh, if another dog was getting a, you know, a treat, a piece of food afterward, and the other one uh, wasn't, mm-hmm. that the dog that wasn't would eventually, after a couple of times, be like, I'm not shaking. Right. Until I get some uh, some food. Right. 
and they tested that in monkeys, and they found that the monkeys got jealous over the kind of treat even. Jeal- the, the ones that got a cucumber were like, at first, oh, this is great. I get a cucumber for a treat. And then they noticed that their buddy was getting a grape, which tastes a lot better, I guess, to a monkey. Uh-huh. And the monkeys would actually just stop performing because they didn't get a treat as good as the other monkey. You know, it's weird. That came up when we were doing research for our Super Stuff Guide to the Economy audiobook. Oh, that's right. I knew that sounded yeah. familiar. It was at Yerkes uh, at the at Emory down the street. Um, see, the thing is, Chuck, is that's a sense of fairness. It's not the same thing as jealousy. And I don't think that the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences got it wrong. I think NPR did. Because sometimes NPR gets things wrong. Well, Much sometimes. as it pains me to say it. <laughs> Five times per podcast we get something wrong. So Per podcast. Per podcast. Uh, you know, you may say jealous. Some say elephants get jealous. Elephants uh, can remember. It's hard to tell with animals because you can't ask. Well, currently the the prevailing scientific way of looking at it is animals don't have a sense of self enough to have to experience secondary emotions like jealousy or shame or embarrassment. You have to have a, a conscious sense of self. <laughs> I think animals do, but science is like, well, prove it, and we right. haven't figured out how to prove it yet. So that's where we stand, buddy. You ready? I see you've got a a fine piece of listener mail right there. Yeah, do you have anything else? Nope. So if you want to learn more about jealousy, uh, trust, all that kind of stuff, you can type jealousy or trust into the swing and search bar at (laughs) HowStuffWorks.com. Since I said that, I think uh, now, nowadays, it's time for listener mail. It is. Josh, I'm going to call this uh, just one of many polygamy emails we got. It blew up. It really did. We got some from uh, we got one from Lou Bega. Did you see? You know, we got two emails from Lou Bega, and I wrote him back the first time because he said, "Hey guys, yeah, I'm not pumping gas. I'm I'm slicing meat at a deli, yeah. just so you know." And I wrote him back and said, "Slice it thin, Lou." And then he wrote back again and said about the the Mormon one, uh, the polygamy podcast. Yes, he was he was defining. Do you think it's polyam- him? I'm kind of leaning toward it, dude. I wrote him back today and I said, listen, if this is the real Lou Bega of hit song fame, uh-huh. then I'm going to need photographic evidence. That's what I was thinking too, but I didn't have time to email him, so I'm glad you did. I want a picture of Lou Bega. I wish you'd CC me on these. That kind of makes me jealous. <laughs> that I don't CC you on fan mail? Yes. When it's Lou Bega? Uh, it depends on who it is. Okay. Well, CC <laughs> me on the rest, will you? especially if you send him photo evidence. What's funny is he's going to send a picture of himself. You're going to be like, wait, what the hell did Lou Bega look like? Now I remember what he looks like. What if he doesn't wear a fedora? I wonder in the deli if he's like, a little bit of turkey for your back. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of pumpernickel, no, some rye. Oh, dear. Uh, so this one, uh, like I said, we heard from a lot of um, people from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A lot of people said, it was really great. You got it right. A lot of people said, you got it all wrong. Or they said we didn't distinguish that enough. I disagree. I yeah, I thought we, we just We said it. quite plainly that um, that most Mormons don't do this and that this is the fundamentalist Mormons that do right. this. And like with a capital F, fundamentalist Mormons, that's their name. Well, and a distinction between the Church of Latter-day Saints and Mormonism, right? Maybe that's what the distinction was. Maybe so. I'm we'll going to read this. Out. We'll have a whole other match. This is from this. Susan. Hey guys, I've said it before, I'll say it again, you guys are awesome. I just had a few clarifications about the Mormons concerning their practice of polygamy in your recent podcast. I myself am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Mm -hmm. and a history buff on this topic because a few of my ancestors were early members who practiced polygamy. Right. Polygamy was not a blanket requirement for being a good member of the church 
of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was only practiced by a small portion of the membership of the church and was only done so at the discretion of the president of the church. You couldn't just decide to do it yourself unless you wanted to be excommunicated and or seriously disciplined. Uh, those men who were asked to practice polygamy were mostly leaders of the church, and all parties were willing and gave their consent to the marriages. Uh, you mentioned that after the church stopped practicing polygamy, they promised to excommunicate any who continued to do so, but even when they advocated the practice, it was uh, selectively practiced among the leaders of the church. I have to say, in this day and age, I would be hard-pressed to find a good reason to practice polygamy, at least in the Western world. Back in the pioneer times of wagons and gas lamps, I could see some benefits. My great-great-great-great-grandmother, who was a second wife, uh, said that not second wife is in second of two active wives, I think is what you mean. Okay. Uh, that in a lonely, uh, dreary, dangerous part of the wilderness that she and the first wife settled with their children and husband, it was comforting to have a close friend and neighbor who she knew would help them at uh, any moment for any reason. And there were no other neighbors around for hundreds of miles back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a member of the LDS faith, I appreciate respect in discussing the issues that are close to my heart and in accurately representing facts that are so often misreported and misconstrued. Uh, if you guys decide to do a podcast on the LDS, I would recommend you visit the church's official websites and access material there for clarification of practices and beliefs. So, uh, and she said, I'll give you any help you need, too, because I got the 911. Nice. The 411. Nice. <laughs> That's Susan B. Thanks, Susan B. That was very kind of you to take the time to write in and to say we treated it respectfully. We thought we did, uh, as opposed to some people who did not think we did. We tried to. Totally. Okay. Um, aside from the swinger intro, I oh, think. Oh, come on. Anyway, um, thank you very much for that, Susan, and to everybody who wrote in uh, with their opinion one way or the other. That's very cool. Um, and thanks for the bit of history and research, Susan. We always appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you have a story about your best country ham month, we want to hear about it. Wrap it up in a podcast? No, wrap it up in an email, right? Or I guess you could... Record a podcast on it and then email that to us. You could do that. Or a link. Uh, and send it to Chuck and Jerry and me at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?